of the Brewless Podcast, where indie games and craft beer unite. Tonight, we are going to be reviewing Epistory and the Palette Shifter Imperial IPA from Captain Lawrence Brewery. I am your host, Jackie Biter, and with me this evening, as always, is... Casey Bowker. So, uh, let's get to it. Hey, can I just say, before we even start, this is our first episode of 2016. That's very exciting. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's our second, well, it's our second year, but not like our full year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've got a lot of really exciting things planned for 2016, um, so we're looking forward to it. A lot of new games coming out, a lot of beers yes. to get excited about. And we're going to shift from not just beers, we're going to do craft drinks. Yeah. Well. So that can include that can include you know ciders that can include craft sodas. Yeah. You know for our friends who can't or choose not to drink. Yeah, that will be like one episode. Yeah. <laughs> that will be difficult things for them. But um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you know, try to expand our horizons a little bit, uh, keeping it you know keeping it indie with a couple of you know fancier, bigger. Things in store. Absolutely. Um, we survived the Brewlist Advent Calendar. Just barely. Yeah, that was... Um, the Brewlist Advent Calendar, uh, calendar was a lot of fun. Um, I had a good time doing it. Mm-hmm. It forced me to write, which is good. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. Um, and, you know, we got to explore a lot more of, like, the winter um, stuff that came out. The fall, winter. Yeah. Like, different craft beers. And then... Uh, thank you to our contributors, uh, Jake, who submitted a few articles, Brian, the beer god, who you can check out on Instagram and Facebook. Paul um, did one. Yep, Paul did one. Did My, Colin? Um, Colin may have? Colin, if you did, thank you, but I think you were there in spirit. So he's yeah. at, at GamerSense. Um, you can check him out on Instagram as well as Twitch. He does a lot of streaming events, a lot of streaming events for charity, too, which is awesome. Yeah, and uh, last but not least, my brother contributed. Your Yay! brother, yes. So, uh, Sean, star of the 007 uh, podcast, <laughs> the GoldenEye podcast. That and, I you... sub- and I subjected him to an IPA, which he actually enjoyed, so that was good. Yes. Um, we're hoping that he'll smuggle us some deliciousness <clears throat> from Virginia, because... Um, one of the beers that I had when I was in Virginia that was really, really good, and I did not review for the advent calendar, shame on me, was the um, Hardywood Park Gingerbread Stout. It was so good. I don't even want to talk to you about that. <laughs> and then there was, um, they have a pumpkin beer that was really good, too. Ooh. And that coffee deliciousness that my brother posted online. Well, we can still put some stuff up. Um, you know, we'll do some articles. We'll get more uh, consistent with that, kind of in line with like the advent calendar, like little write-ups of like what our thoughts are, um, you know, what it tastes like, where to get it. Same thing that we do on the podcast, just in article form. And then if we get to, I guess, extrapolate a little bit more during the episodes, we'll do that as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I know like I have some winter stuff. I have a gingerbread from UFO that I tasted over the, um, which is good. Christmas, that was very good. Delish. 
Um, I actually, we still probably, because our winter actually just started here in western New York, like, this weekend. Mm-hmm. Like, we've had, like, some snow here and there, but nothing that really stuck. Stuck? Stuck? Stuck is not a word. Yeah, stuck is, stuck is not a word. Stuck I is, only had yeah. one sip of this alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> the secret is he's probably been drinking all day at Flasco's Oh, my desk. gosh, no. I wish. But, um... No. Didn't actually happen. HR, if you're listening. It is not, yeah. But, uh... What we'll do is um, we'll probably have a, a winter episode because I still mm-hmm. have a bunch of winter beers that we need to review. Um, and I don't know. Lots of fun stuff. 2016 is going to be a good year for Brewers. So we're excited. Yeah. Um, all right. So what game are we playing? We will be playing Epistory from Flying Cactus Games. So Epistory is an RPG-style adventure where you do level up. Um, it uses typing as a game mechanic, which is unique. I've never actually seen it in this type of game. I mean, certainly, you know, when I was in school, they had, like, games where, like, you would type words out, but it wasn't, like, you didn't get experience points from doing it and things like that. Um, but it's got a, a girl who walks around on a fox, just ex- um, explores with this fox that has three tails, and um, you're just kind of following the story um, to save your kingdom. And uh, what did you think of it, Casey? I liked it a lot. Um, I really like foxes. So <laughs> that's a big part of it. I think they're adorable. And it, I, even though I had three tails, still reminded me of Tails from Sonic the Hedgehog. Same. Yeah. Same. So I thought that was a really neat... And the colors weren't, like, traditional, like, burnt orange for a fox. Mm -hmm. They were, like, that brighter orange, like tails. Um, And like you said, I've never played a a typing RPG game. Um, I played a lot of games for typing, like, when I learned when I was a kid, like, Space Invaders. You know, like, things are falling at you, Mm -hmm. and you have to shoot them. um, The words, you know, as you type them. And, like, I did a lot of Mavis Beacon typing when I was a kid to, like, learn. Um, You know, it would be, like, a paragraph. Uh, But, like, what I wrote in my notes is, I think this is the kind of game that they should, like, send to schools. You know what I mean? Like, this is a... absolutely. This is a really fun, you know, adventure. And I think kids would would learn a lot from like you get to go up in levels and, and as you do it you learn more powers like yeah fire and stuff like that yeah exactly so it's 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 you know it's it's educational <clears throat> while at the same time it's like furthering a story which encourages you to do more um one of the things that i thought was kind of funny is some of the word choices so as the oh, enemies become increasingly yeah. more difficult you have to not only type more words but the words are more complex and they're longer um so there was like one of the bosses, the word creditworthiness came up. And I'm like, what does that have to do with an RPG adventure? But at the same time, you know, it's it's teaching you how to type accurate it teaches accuracy and it teaches yes. speed, which is like what they're trying to push all the time in typing classes. Um so yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. I think that, you know, market this towards schools, man. Give a few copies away and let good things happen. Yeah, I think that if they um, who the flying cactus were to, and I'm sure they are trying to get it into different, you know, school systems. Just 
try this out for a little bit of a trial Mm -hmm. and then let us know if you're going to buy it. I think it would go over really well, especially if I was, you know, like an eight year old kid. You're, you're this little girl, you're riding on your huge Fox companion. You're opening up the land. Um, the graphics are like low level. So yeah, I was thinking like PlayStation games or something like that. So it's not going to be terribly taxing on your computer. Exactly. It doesn't take up a lot of space or you don't need a lot to run it at all. Um, I ran it, I ran it on like pretty low cause like my PC is a little bit older than my Mac is. So, and it was fine. Like no glitching, like mm-hmm. no skips, nothing like that. Yeah. There was one thing that, um, <clears throat> I would mention is that I believe it was this game said it would work on Mac, but I couldn't get it to launch. Mm. So I had to install it on a PC, but I did have a, I did have a little bit of a problem getting this one installed on, um. Really? And I don't and I don't know if that was, you know, like a limitation or anything like that, but that's just something to kind of keep in mind. We did receive um, review copies from the publisher. Um, I don't know if it was just, if there was something in that, like in the it actual could, Steam yeah. code. So we got the, the game on Steam um, from the publisher, so there might have been something there, you know. If there's something wrong with the Mac version, I don't know, because... I didn't even try. I just ran yeah. it right off the PC. Ran great on my PC. Ran yes. perfectly. And yeah. it's actually kind of nice because there's, like, save points throughout the game. Yeah. So, like, you don't, like, sit, you can't you can't save at will, which is kind of a drawback, but you do have multiple points where you, like, step on this little, like, medallion and it'll save your progress, so. It reminded me a little bit of um, the game we, so we reviewed on an earlier podcast, Jotun, right? Yeah. So where it's top level like you're looking above um same thing with the game bastion if you guys have ever played that for ios or i guess probably on android too have you ever played that game i have not the game is we should review that you would really like that game yeah it's a lot of fun but um where same thing where you don't get to see the entire board you have to go through each little section clear it out before it expands um i like the music a lot in this game Mm -hmm. as well i thought that was really cool and just kind of like uh it was a nice soundtrack. It was very, mm-hmm. like, I, I guess it was a lot like Jotun still, now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. Music yeah. was lovely. <laughs> yeah, very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar. A lot of fun. I did enjoy it, and we'll continue to play it until I get as far as I can go. Did you ever, I mean, it's not an entirely difficult game. No. I suppose... But we've also been typing for 20 years. I mean... Yeah, I mean, I can can see it being definitely a challenge for, like, a newer typer. Yeah. Like, somebody who's just learning learning how to type. Um, So, I I would say probably for older children. I don't know how early they start with typing nowadays, because I know, like, they would kind of drill it in us when we were, like, when I was, like, in fourth grade. Yeah, Um, so you were, like, 10. Yeah. But I don't know if they're even earlier now, because there's so many places that are, like, not teaching cursive and things like that. Yeah, there are a lot of schools that are actually dropping cursive from their curriculum. I don't blame them. Sorry. I I only use it to write checks. It's the only time I I use cursive. cursive. I like cursive. I handwrite a lot of things. But anyway, that's... You have nice cursive, though, from your note. That's a a different (laughs) debate. Last week was a rough week at work, so I I brought him over some chocolates and a a little post-it note. They were delicious. (laughs) Yeah. Um... Yeah, I think that uh, it's it's a good for all ages sort of thing. It, it was, cha- I mean, it's not hard, but it's still challenging because. So, say you're fighting a big boss, you have to type multiple times, right? 
Yeah, and it'll just, like, continue to... It'll continue to go. Like, um... You might... Instead of fighting, like, one enormous boss, you might be, like, fighting a bunch of, like, weaker enemies. And then you'll get, like, one that has, a wor- has like, words that are, like, 12 letters long. And you have to, like, type six of them before it approaches you. Um... Because the other thing too is like when you when you die in the game, it's not graphic, so that's no definitely it's you know a G, it's yeah. a G rated game. Because even Absolutely. if you kill somebody, it's not they just disappear. Yeah, they, just disappear. they don't uh, they don't like explode like you would in like a Fallout Four or Borderlands or something <laughs> like that. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the elements are still there, but they're not like traumatizing. Exactly. <laughs> I liked though that um, what I noticed is like so. Say you're in the middle of the board, and you could kind of, like, see a little bit further. Like, Mm -hmm. so one of the parts is, like, you have to burn down... You you learn a firepower, you have to burn down, like, bushes and stuff. Mm -hmm. And you have to do it by typing, of course. So you could see a little bit further, and you could type, and then if enemies are approaching you, you could be, like, fighting one way off in the corner, depending on what the word was, and Mm -hmm. someone getting closer to you. So it was just kind of cool how... As long as you were within that scope of your attack area, mm-hmm. you could type any of the words that were in that area, and you would end up killing, you know, if it was that bush or, yeah. like, an enemy far away and yeah. closer. Like, you got to choose what you were attacking, even though it wasn't, like, in a direct attack like you would, like, in a Zelda where you actually have to hit yeah. somebody. Yeah, the, the thing that I kind of <clears throat> just thought of, because, like, as you're learning these certain things, like, when you start the game, if you approach one of the, like, the thorns... That you have to, like, use, like, a fire word for. Yeah. Um, it actually kind of reminded me of Elder Scrolls Skyrim when you're, like, learning dragon shouts. Yeah. Yeah, So yeah. it's, like, it's like in this, like, runic language. And so now that I come that I was like, it's like baby's first Skyrim. It is. You're learning dragon shouts, if you think of it that way. And um, if, you're lear- if you're using fire, most of the words were fire-related, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool. So, like, yeah. if it's... Um, trees, it would be like birch, oak, <laughs> elm. Like you mm-hmm. had everything kind of related to um, what you were fighting. Like so, if you had to try to clear out, um, I think it was like stalactites, stalagmites. I remember like mite, m i t e was like one of the yeah. Words. There are like different minerals and things that you yeah. have to like break, and then they're like some of them I never even heard of, so I don't even know if they're real, but they. You assume that they're. I just assuming that they're real words. They exist. They exist in nature somewhere. Yeah. Even if it's just somebody's imagination. It's like when you're playing words with friends, and someone plays like this word that you've never heard of ever, and then you have to like Google it and go, "Yep, that's actually a real, real world." Wow. <laughs> God damn. Real word. <laughs> words with friends will allow it. Yes. <laughs> so this game will also Epistory yeah. will also do. <laughs> Help them build their vocabulary so that they can be Scrabble champions later in life. Actually. That's true, because some of these words are, like, out of left field. You're right. And if you could use those in Scrabble or in your SATs, this is a multi-layered learning adventure game. Give this to a child that you want to support you in your old age by using language. Yes. It's not going to happen because language, you don't make any money off language, but it is a fruitful endeavor for yourself, speaking as somebody who is a journalism major, who... Doesn't get paid to do it. But anyway. <laughs> you get to paid to talk like a journalist. I do. On this podcast. Yes. Well, you don't get paid. But yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I get paid with the with the joy of your company. Yeah. 
That's true. So, um, where would you uh, rate the game? I would I would give the game a nine out of ten. I thought it was really enjoyable. Um, I okay. think it would appeal to a wide group of people. I like typing and spelling and language and all that stuff. So I thought it was pretty cool. All right. Yeah. Um, I'm actually in agreement with you. I'm going to say 9 out of 10 as well. It was, um, I really enjoy typing games, like typing of the dead, that like house of the dead typing game, you know, there's a typing game. Are you kidding me? Oh yeah. Yeah. Look up typing of the dead. So who would that be? Capcom probably. They're the ones who usually do. Mm. Those type of... The closest I get to typing in games is when I'm typing in console commands when I'm playing. Yes. <laughs> for cheats. No, right, yeah. I would do that quite a bit in Warcraft 2. Um, but... Get kill! Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, no, you know, it's not very often that I get to play, like, an, a fun typing game. And it's funny, I when I used to work Saturdays um, at where we work at our job, uh, it would get slow after 4 o'clock and I learned... I worked 8 to 8. After 4 o'clock, it was going to be dead. And I'd be caught up on all my work. And, you know, I would either write for Don't Forget a Towel or, at this time, Brewless wasn't around. So, um, write for one of the websites. And uh, I would try to find, like, those free, um, what is it, like, Newgrounds mm-hmm. would be like that. Or if it was something on my phone. But I would look up typing games, always. Because I was like, alright, I can always be a better typer. And I can always, like, entertain myself. Mm-hmm. This would have been the perfect type of game. Though you can only play it on Steam. So right if now. you have a really, really lenient employer who yeah. allows you to have Steam installed on your computer, although... But- or... Team Viewer, where we can just log into our computers that's, at home. That's true. <laughs> I, I tried doing that. It was... Long story short... I was at home working remote, and I was trying to install this game while, like, waiting for the, like, hey, you can go home email. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that did not work out as I expected. One of our fellow employees did play League of Legends at work until he got caught from TeamViewer. <laughs> I can only speculate on who that was. Uh, yeah, you're going to have to... He's still, have to he's still employed there, isn't he? He's still employed, yeah, Definitely. Um, so, as I had mentioned, uh, you can get the game on at, on Steam. Uh, it's twelve ninety nine. Honestly, that's a low price. I yeah. think it could be a twenty dollar game, which mm-hmm. is still not a lot of money. But just for the typing purposes, you know what I mean, yeah. and the learning, I think twelve ninety nine is fine. Yeah, I think it, yeah, definitely for the amount of content that it is and the quality of the game, twelve ninety nine is. And I I can only imagine it'll go on sale. As well. Yeah, during a Steam but sale. Absolutely worth it to buy it full price. Support the developers and encourage them to make more typing games to entertain us. I think you're right. And you know what I was funny, um, so I'm gonna get a little bit off topic, but I'll bring it back. So I read this article over winter time that was talking about like just being a better person and being nicer and everything like that, and it gave you I think like twelve things like that you could do. And of course at this time or you know, winter time of year it was like help a homeless person, donate your time at a shelter, whatever. Um, one of the things was support an independent artist. And specifically in the article, they were talking about, like, some sort of musician. So go to SoundCloud. Even though you can download those things for free, like, donate to the artist. And at that time, I was like, oh, wow, that's really encouraging. So I bought a couple albums from independent artists. But it's the same thing with, like, game developers. You know what I mean? Like, they're starving artists as well. A lot of these companies are only paying, like, two people, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, on some of the studios. 
and for some of them, this is their like part time gig. Like they want to yeah. quit their crappy day to day, and they want to work on their game. So you know, if you're helping to support someone's dream of becoming a game developer, and you can pick up some really cool content that you're not going to be able to get from like a AAA studio or you know like EA Evil Overlord. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I completely agree. This is a great way to kind of support independent gamer game developers so that they can continue to make great content and uh it'll make you feel better as a person because we can all pay sixty dollars for a half made game like <clears throat> assassin's creed what was it the one before unity because i heard unity is actually really good um shit what was the other one there's black flag the other one, and then Unity. No, I think... The one that nobody likes. Um... Oh, no, Unity's the bad one. Sorry, Syndicate's the new one. Yes, yeah, so Unity. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so Unity was the one that was, like, broken when just, it first came out. just yeah. broken. And I've heard parts of um, Fallout are broken. And it's, like... But not nearly as broken as... Not nearly as broken as that. It's, it's a Bethesda game, so yes. you've really got to you've got to take that with a grain of salt. You're going to have a game crashing bug. That's just a hallmark of the Fallout series. You're going to put two hours in, not save, and then you're going to die, or something terrible is going to happen. Usually, a death clause involved, right? And you're going to lose the last two hours of your life, and you're going to be pissed off. But you're going to replay those two hours of your life because you want to. No, because you. You want to, but you don't have a choice because you have to beat the game. You will be swearing the entire time. Yeah. But you'll finally get caught up, and then you can move on with your life. But, yeah. It's, yeah. But, you know, Kotaku and other websites, Polygon, um, constantly say, don't pre-order games. Pre-order games means that you're already paying money for a broken game. And considering the prevalence of DLC and Yes. Uh, you know, release day DLC. You're not even getting a complete game. You're whatever, not even getting a complete game. Whatever happened to the days where you could buy a cartridge and that's the whole game. Whole game, you pay once and enjoy forever. Right. So no longer. And I'm and I'm okay with DLC. I really am, as long as it's like like the Borderlands DLC is like a whole nother ten hours at least mm-hmm. on each one of those. Like, oh, it's always totally it, worth it. It's totally worth the money. Um, I mean, if you're going to buy a Borderlands game, just get the season pass. I swear to you, it's, it's worth, worth it. it every time. Every penny. But uh, that's a rare ex- exception to that yeah. rule. Um, because, like, Batman, for example, I bought the DLCs, and because I'm a huge Batman fan, I'll go, yeah, I'll take all those skins. Do I need it? I don't need a fucking Batman skin. It doesn't matter that it, he looks like Batman 66. It doesn't change anything about the gameplay. Anywho, bringing it back, these... <laughs> Independent developers are, A, probably not delivering a glitched-out game. Like, really, knock on wood, I haven't really had that happen to, no. like, almost ever. No, unless it's, like, a super, super, super alpha game. Like yeah, I, an alpha game, fine, but, like, that's what you expect, an alpha game. Yeah, because, I mean, like, when I remember when I first reviewed Elegy for a Dead World, that yeah, they were like, that. this game's a little bit rough. And I'm like, <laughs> I thought it was fine. It changed quite a lot from the time that I was playing the, like, first like, media review copy to when the game actually came out. But for the most part, haven't had any major glitches, so... Plus, for the most part, these developers are giving you full transparency. Like, they're saying, there's going to be glitches. This isn't ready to go out, but if you give us feedback, we'll know what to fix. And they take that feedback. Mm -hmm. Because really... When their game comes out, and even though it's twelve ninety nine, like 
they're not going to make any money if this game doesn't do well from word mm-hmm. of mouth on Steam. And they're never going to be able to make another game. So, yeah. like, it really is a very democratic way when you have an independent studio. Mm-hmm. Whether it's video games, comic books, musicians, yeah. whatever. Like, support your independent artist. Give them the feedback. Give them the money if it's worth it. And um, that's kind of our rant. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> we're just gonna we're gonna jump off of our soapbox. Yeah, and we should probably start reviewing the beer. <laughs> All right, let's get into that. All right, and now we are at the beer portion of our program, where we're going to be reviewing the Captain Lawrence Brewing Company Palette Shifter Imperial IPA. And Casey, since you're the one who brought this beer into my life, why don't you do the honors of telling us more about it? Okay, so I will be doing a full review on uh, Brewlist.com. About the experience that I had at the brewery, um, but uh, I had this the uh, the palate shifter on my tasting adventure, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna bring back some beer for Jackie. We're gonna pair it with one of the games, and this one fits the game. We'll get into it in a little bit, but nine um, percent alcohol. It's yeah, it's a little rough. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't taste it's like 9%. dangerously drinkable for it being is. 9% <laughs> alcohol by <laughs> It really is. Like, this is a beer that I tasted and I was like, okay. And then I stood up and I go, okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, it's a, it's an American double Imperial IPA, she, as she mentioned. Um, let's get into the smell of this guy. It's got, like, a very citrusy aroma to it, I think. Oh, yeah. You can smell the hops. You can smell the pine. Mm-hmm. And lemon. Yep. What would you say is the, uh, is the color? It's like a golden, a golden yellow, I would say. It's got a little bit of orange tinge to it, like a, like a goldenrod type tint. Yeah, well, I was there, um... A little bit about the brewery. Um, I can't remember exactly where it's at. Uh, I can look where it is. But basically, it's about an hour outside of New York City, um, which is where I was. And hold on here. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to find it. I don't like to have dead air, though. Elmsford, New York. All right. So it's not a big brewery um too much but they actually do have an area where they could play live music which is pretty cool um you go in you buy some poker chips um i think it was ten dollars for 12 poker chips and anything that's less than nine percent was just one chip for a taste and the tasting sizes i think were usually around two ounces they're around two ounces and um for two dollars you could buy like a little tasting glass Mm -hmm. uh and this one since it was nine percent alcohol was two chips but it's well worth the two chips everything Mm -hmm. else that was on the menu that day um when i went to uh was one uh just one chip but i got this one i had to buy a growler everything's very very well priced in my opinion um for an independent brewing company uh we actually went to a barbecue place later on that night and got another one of their beers, which was a Smokehouse Porter, which was damn delicious. Mm. Like, very good. Like, 
bacon flavored a little bit. Oh, which like, I know you're all about. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> with the, with the barbecue that I was having that day, it fit very well. Um, which they didn't have on they didn't have on tap though at the brewery. It was crazy. So yeah, that's interesting. usually interesting. Um, and I, I've also I've had the I think I had the Captain Lawrence pumpkin beer in oh. the fall, and that was actually pretty good too. Okay, from what I remember. So they do have quite a lot of beers. Um, I, I don't know how wide their distribution is. I know that you can find it pretty commonly in New York, but yeah. Have you? Where did you get it? Do you remember? Um, I feel like Wegmans had it. Really? Okay. Either Wegmans had it, or uh, it might have been at Hagedorn's. But I, I periodically see some of their stuff at like Wegmans, just random stuff. Yeah, this is definitely New York area. I don't believe that they've gotten outside of the New York area, and you know, so we're about six hours outside of New York City, um, five hours away from them. So. Uh, I would say maybe they go as far as Pennsylvania, but I don't know. Yeah, like north of Jersey. Right. Yeah, they but, actually prior in Jersey too. Yeah. So, um, let's talk about the taste. Uh, the taste. There's definitely a little bit of hops. Um, I do taste a little bit of the pininess to it. Um, there's and then it kind of like rounds it out a little bit. This is actually a pretty drinkable. It looks like it might be actually technically a double IPA. Um, but it. I've had other double IPAs that are a lot stronger than this. So the hops, it balances out it out, ni- out nicely. It mellows itself out. Um, and then there's enough of the, like, citrus notes to it that it doesn't overwhelm you. Yeah. So. I don't think that it, like, sits on the tongue as much as some of the other ones. Um, mm-hmm. I usually like to judge by smelling my breath afterwards, <laughs> which smells pretty good right now. <laughs> Like it doesn't. Well, it doesn't taste like. We've had some other ones on here that taste like pine salt. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, like, and they're and it's very, very obvious why there are people who don't necessarily like IPAs. Yeah, which we're amongst those yeah. type of people for so the most part. The fact that we're giving this such high praise is indicative of the quality. Um, it actually kind of bought a growler of it. <laughs> yeah, it kind of sort of tastes similar to uh, Brooklyn Brewery's Brooklyn Defender, which is the official beer of Comic-Con. Oh. You can buy that at Wegmans. Yes, um, I have had that. Yes. Yeah, and that one's that one's pretty good. It's a little bit it's a little bit heavier <laughs> than this one. Um, I believe the alcohol content is similar. It might actually be a little bit tiny less. Okay. But, um, but yeah, they taste very similar as far as being IPAs from the New York area. Um, but yeah, I, I, I actually quite like it. Yeah. I, so I didn't, cause you know, as you've heard us, Jackie and I are the biggest fans of IPAs. Um, so I was a little shocked that this was going to be on my list of things to buy, but it was just. I really liked, I like things with high alcohol content, um, and the fact that it didn't taste like that, like, we had the Flower Power IPA, uh, when we did our Mario Brothers 3 review, and that was, I think, only, like, 6% alcohol, Yeah, and it tasted heavier than this. Yeah, it's very curious that we don't actually like IPAs, but we reviewed quite a few of them on the podcast. It's just, (laughs) so, why did we pair this? (laughs) Because I think that's where it comes down to, because, like, we had the Smutty Nose, um, bouncy house, bouncy house, we, which we hated. <laughs> yeah, it was not very good. We had that with like Play Gang, which was a game we actually quite enjoyed. The game was awesome. Um, yeah, so it was just like, and then there was that one. It was like a the the one that was like Brew Fist, and we oh, kept mispronouncing God. it Brewless, and you didn't like uh, it. I I was okay with it. That was the worst one that we well. And then there was there was the night that we did the two podcasts back to back, and there was the one from Rorbach, which we didn't like. Um, and then there was also another big one. What was that one? 
There was an IPA specifically. Yeah, there was two. It was two IPAs. What was the other one? Ooh. I can't remember. But anyway, we've had a lot of really, we really, have. really crappy IPAs. So the point is, is that we should probably not. <laughs> what happens is, is that so when we're going to pair the beers to the game, we try to do something. If it's if it's something that we've had before and the taste fits the game, then we're gonna choose it. Like that's an easy one. Mm-hmm. Um, other times we have to stretch it a little bit. So for example, with the Smutty Nose Bounce House, um, play you know you're bouncing off the walls, you're going crazy. That happens when you get infected. You know that worked with Play Game. So for this one, um, with the uh, the palette shifter. Um, the reason why we did that with Epistory is because it's a shifting of games. I mean, like we mentioned before, there's a traditional typing game um, that is usually just a paragraph, and you type it, and you base your accuracy and speed. That's one type of game. The other one is words like usually falling down, and you have to catch them before they hit the ground. Those are all like basic typing games. This is a role-playing game that we've matched it with. You know what I mean? Like this is a mm-hmm. fully involved game, so very different than you know the traditional typing fair. And we liked that shift in the paradigm. <laughs> and as you play on the game, the actual landscape shifts. Yes, it does. And so that is also also valid for this for this pairing. <laughs> But, um, and it leaves a good taste in your mouth playing the game it, and the beer. It does indeed. <laughs> uh, so Beer Advocate gave this thing a 92 out of 100. So one of the most high-ranked uh, beers that we've come across. What's your uh, ranking? Um, I would I would say just like the game, I'd probably give this one a 9 out of 10. Would okay. drink again. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, I agree. Absolutely loved it. Um, I loved it when I had it the first time. Had to buy the growler of it. Had to figure out a game that we could play it with. So yeah, I mean, it's just it's a it's a good beer. <laughs> like, exactly. That's it. Um, all right. So where can you find us? You can find us obviously at brewerless dot com, which is our main blog. Um, you can also find us on Facebook at facebook dot com forward slash brewlist. You can find us on Instagram, uh, Twitter. Untapped and Snapchat at Brewalist. I forgot about Snapchat. Yeah, have we, done we haven't done anything with it. We will. 2016 New Year's resolution. You're going to find us more on Snapchat because yes. um, I, I go on beer ventures um, periodically, and so I might post more of those on there because that's no. it's just fun. That's smart. Um, and then you can also check us out on YouTube. We are the Brewalist channel. Uh, we have a couple of videos on there. We have uh, a pumpkin party, which was the one we put out last year. There's a quick update video of me with my hair. It was on fleek, so I decided to film myself. <laughs> and um, we hope to have more content up there <laughs> this year. We will have more content. We will have more content. Um, also, if you guys missed out on it, the Brewless Advent Calendar. You can go to brewless.com. We also documented most of it on Facebook. So that's a place where you can check that out, check out the beers, the games, and all that good stuff that we reviewed. And... Um, Check us out on iTunes and Stitcher, uh, where you can hear this and many other podcasts from us over the past few months. Um, and also, come on, hang out with us on Untapped. We check in some cool stuff, do some reviews there as well. And, of course, if you have any beers that you'd like us to review or any games you'd like for us to play or a combination thereof, give us, send us an email at brewlist at gmail.com. 
Oh my gosh, sorry. Maybe we should add that at the beginning. It's a lot of stuff to say. It is a lot of stuff to say. <laughs> um, it's a tongue twister this late in the podcast. Really if you uh, check us out on iTunes, be sure to rate and review us. Um, I think we're in a weird category, like educational, probably. Like philo- philosophy, I <laughs> yeah, think. It might be, too. Like, so, you know, help us out by, uh, you know, rating and reviewing us. That will only make us better. Um, it'll be good feedback as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, so thank you guys so much for listening. Um, and until next time, stay thirsty and play indie. Thank <laughs> you.